The stretch of beach from Jingzun to Changbing Townships in Taidong is a world-renowned surfing spot. However, over the past two years, many foreign professional surfers have been absent from competitions owing to COVID restrictions. At last, the 2022 Taiwan Surfing Open was launched over the weekend, an event that has drawn both local and foreign professional surfers. The Taiwan Surfing Open is the result of cooperation between the Taidong County Government and the World Surf League. The beach in Taidong is known as one of the best surfing spots in the world at this time of the year, as the northeast monsoon gives rise to excellent waves. It's also the only spot in Taiwan that can be used for international surfing competitions. This year's event has attracted a total of 123 participants. Organizers hope that through the competition, surfers from all over the world can experience the charms of Taidong's coast. Taoyuan's smart city policy has resulted in a pioneering new film studio. Visitors were invited to look around the new studio, which is Taiwan's first next-gen LED virtual screens. Using 5G and extended reality, the studio can make remote collaborations a possibility. It could also result in immersive digital concerts hosted in Taiwan. It's part of Taoyuan's more than 1 billion NT project to embrace 5G. The function of going virtual is that we can magnify the visual effects by any magnitude and increase the layers. A concert stage is integrated with a digital background. Taoyuan city government is pushing a digital transition combining high-speed 5G transmission with extended reality or XR technology. The result is this. Taiwan's first LED next-gen virtual movie studio. I thought that 5G was just increasing the speed of data transfer. But today, coming to this location, I realized that 5G, in combination with the technology and art as well, is actually really earth-shattering. Onlookers are mesmerized. An actor runs on the spot, seeming to interact in real time with a universe that moves around her. Taoyuan hopes that emerging metaverse technologies will enable artists to perform together remotely or create immersive digital concert experiences. And that's not all. There were approximately 27 new applications invented for 5G this year. We look forward not just to developing our ICT industry, but also by combining software and hardware and promoting the development of 5G open radio access networks, we can help Taiwan move in the direction of 5G innovations. The city has sunk more than 1.1 billion NT into smart technology across seven sectors, including smart governance, smart health, and smart lifestyle applications. Officials want to make sure Taoyuan gets to test run new 5G applications first. A retired teacher in Jiayi City is being honored for her dedication to charity. Chen Shouzhi has donated tens of millions of dollars to build bridges in the area. Jiayi Charitable Group recently helped her acquire a new hearing aid and acknowledged their benefactor's contributions to local life. Chen is motivi- motivated by the thought that she can't take money with her at the end of her life, so she wants to use it to do good. 
Members of Jai Charitable Group arrive in a side street of Jai City to visit retired elementary school teacher, 85-year-old Chen Xiuzhi, and help her put in a new hearing aid. When my colleagues went to her home to visit her, they realized that because she was hard of hearing, she couldn't hear the outside world. After retiring from teaching, Chen donated more than 27 million NT to Jai Charitable Group's bridge building projects. The donations were dedicated to her late husband and her infirm sister and paid for building of 14 bridges. I don't have any heirs, so I used my remaining finances to build as many bridges as possible for people to use. I can't take any money with me, so as much as possible I want to do good things. Her charitable actions are really an example to us. The degree to which she has generously given is totally selfless. The standard of living she requires for herself is very modest. Chen gave both money and time to the charitable project while requiring very little for herself. She donated almost 30 million NT to build bridges, but she lives very frugally herself. There's not even aircon in her home. I always recite sutras. They say, build tens of millions of bridges for people to walk on. This is excellent. Chen's religious convictions have led her to spend her twilight years on benefiting the community. She plans to carry on as long as possible. Taiwan shares on Monday closed up 167 points at 14,174 points. Now the question on many investors' minds is when the Financial Supervisory Commission will lift restrictions on short selling and when the National Financial Stabilization Fund will pull out from the market. Let's hear from the officials in charge. Since July, there have been a series of measures put in place. They'll stay on the market and we'll continue monitoring the situation. It's not yet time. It'll probably have to wait until we discuss it at the quarterly meeting. The finance minister says discussions won't take place until the next quarterly meeting, which will take place in January next year. With a delicate geopolitical situation still sending ripples through the markets, analysts advise investors to watch out for any signals of change. The CCC on Monday eased several COVID measures. Now, COVID patients will just have to self-isolate for five days instead of seven. After the five days of isolation, patients who test negative and a rapid test can go on about their lives as normal. People who test positive have to do a self health management until the tests come out negative or for up to seven days. Another measure eased is the requirement for, 70, for 24 kinds of workers to be vaccinated and boosted. A doctor checks up on a patient remotely. New isolation rules kicked in on Monday, so he reminds the patient that isolation is now five days. All COVID patients now only need to isolate at home for five days, after which they can go out. If by the time isolation is up, they still test positive in a rapid test, they must do self-health management for up to seven days or until tests come out negative. There are many people who don't often watch the news on TV or read newspapers, so perhaps they don't know that the policy has changes. It takes some time for everyone to learn about policy changes like this. 
And the shorter isolation is not the only policy change. Starting Monday, workers in 24 industries with high contact risk are no longer required to be vaccinated with free shots or get tested for COVID regularly. In addition, free rapid tests will become available for more people, in addition to people aged 65 and up and children aged 6 and below. Now, they are also available to low and medium low income households and children aged 12 and down. That makes about 1.8 million more people now eligible for free tests. Among our faculty, there are one or two colleagues who don't dare to get a booster shot due to health reasons. Swabbing one's nose repeatedly is also a waste of materials. There's also the matter of the psychological burden. The CECC also announced that starting next month, it will raise the weekly cap on international arrivals. Starting December 1st, we will increase the cap from 150,000 weekly arrivals to 200,000. Currently, we are receiving about 90,000 passengers per week. We're not close to 150,000 weekly arrivals, but we wanted to raise the cap now because it allows travel agencies and airlines to plan ahead before the Christmas season at the end of the year, the New Year's break, and even the Lunar New Year. With arrivals capped at 150,000, airlines would be limited on adding services, so we decided to raise it so that everyone has some time to adjust. The year's end and the Lunar New Year are busy travel periods, both for departures and arrivals. Taiwan reported a total of more than 146,000 local COVID cases last week, a drop of 25.7% from the previous week. The CECC says it's a sign that the BA5 COVID wave is over. Representatives from around the world have arrived on the island of Bali in Indonesia for a G20 summit to be held on Tuesday. Peace and stability in the Taiwan Strait is expected to be one of the topics of discussion alongside North Korea's nuclear program and Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The representatives at the event include U.S. President Joe Biden, Chinese leader Xi Jinping, Japanese Prime Minister Kishida Fumio, and South Korean President Yoon Suk-yeol. One notable absence from the summit is Russian President Vladimir Putin. Instead, Russia will be represented by its foreign minister. With so many heads of state in attendance at the event, the Indonesian military has deployed 18,000 security staff to provide security during the event. Flooding from Typhoon Nisa in October caused damage to several vehicles parked near the banks of Jilong River in Taipei. Mayor Ko Wenja is now offering consolation money to help vehicle owners fix their cars and scooters. One city councillor has accused Ko of taking too long to resolve the issue. Meanwhile, Ke responded to media reports that the money is intended to boost the mayoral campaign of independent candidate Huang Shanshan, saying this was thinking too much. For vehicles that meet the requirements, we are offering 20,000 NT per damaged car and 2,000 NT per damaged scooter. Taipei Mayor Ko Wenja on Monday announced that owners of vehicles damaged by flooding while parked near Biling Bridge in Taipei's Shirling District on October 16th would be eligible for consolation money. We don't see this as compensation because if the government compensates you, that equates to an admission of fault. What we have here is extenuating circumstances caused by a natural disaster, so this money should be considered consolation money. I'm also aware that fixing a car will cost more than 20,000 NT. Ke emphasized that the city was not at fault for the flood-damaged vehicles. He also presented video from a surveillance camera outside the floodgate, showing that the water level rose very fast. 
Cup promised that the city would work with the central government to prevent a recurrence of the incident. The water level in Geelong River rose too quickly this time. At its height, the flooding raised water levels by 0.5 to 0.6 meters in just 30 minutes. Just looking at Taipei, you can't accurately predict the change in water level, because you also need to consider how much water is flowing downstream. The whole situation needs to be known, including whether reservoirs have opened their floodgates. All of that will have an impact, so things need to be integrated. However, with the city just now looking into the situation one month after the incident occurred, some have speculated that Ke hopes to prop up the campaign of independent Taipei mayoral candidate Huang Shanshan. One month is pretty quick to be looking into it. Back when there was that fire at a Cashbox Party World KTV location, just clarifying the facts alone took us two months. But we fix problems, we don't fix the news. As for the idea that we are trying to save Huang Shanshan's campaign, I think that's reading too much into it. Why is such a pretentious press conference being held now? This is just a reminder to Taipei residents of the inadequacies of Ko and Je's administration. The city councillor lambasted Ko for addressing the issue too late and for initially putting the blame on vehicle owners. Whether city residents agree with Ko's handling of the situation will remain to be seen. Campaigning is going ahead full steam as the local elections draw near, and candidates need all the help they can get, both on the streets and on the internet. With such demand, many people are seeing opportunities to make a quick buck. Research shows that quite a few people are working part-time for political candidates and making upwards of 10,000 NT each month. The study has found that in the two months leading up to the elections, politicians are collectively paying their staffers more than 78.5 billion NT. Candidates are busy stumping on the streets on the front lines of their campaigns and their staffers are not idle, holding up large placards to help increase their employer's exposure. These staffers also stand at street corners and greet voters on behalf of their candidates. In addition, they distribute flyers and help snap pictures of their candidates posing with supporters. 32-year-old Ah Hao says he's made over 10,000 NT a month, helping with election campaigning. My kid is still very young, just over a year old. I thought that since I had free time on a day off, I could come and hold a placard and stand at an intersection. As it happens, the election is fast approaching and there's a lot of openings, so I came and applied for a part-time job. It's not just on the streets. Virtual campaigning is even more popular and related Later jobs are also in demand. From interactive messaging on Facebook, copywriting and embellishing candidates' campaign materials, to riding a campaign scooter, 23-year-old Xiaojie is a student who, in addition to studying, is also working as an assistant to a city council candidate. He can earn pocket money of several thousand NT a month. In addition to the election campaign models of personally canvassing votes on the streets, candidates are also gradually adopting virtual campaign models that focus on the volume of campaigning on the internet, so this increases related moonlighting opportunities.
According to research conducted by a job bank, some members of the public are willing to work at part-time jobs and election campaigns that pay more than 10,000 NT a month. If they work for two months, the organisation says, politicians may be collectively spending as much as 78.6 billion NT on outside help. With just over a week until election day, the four DPP candidates for the leadership of Taoyuan, Xinzhu City, Xinzhu County and Miali put on Monday put forward eight proposals for joint governance. Transport featured heavily on the campaign platform, both for passengers and freight. The four candidates hope their counties can work together to form a tech corridor that attracts young people and creates plenty of employment opportunities. One by one, Taoyuan mayoral candidate Zheng Yunpeng, Xinzhu City mayoral candidate Shen Huihong, Xinzhu County Commissioner candidate Zhou Jiangjie and Miaoli Commissioner candidate Xu Dingzhen signed their names on their board, committing to eight joint policy proposals for the four administrative areas. One of them is to create a semiconductor policy platform to offer support to the critical industry. The living transport corridor still needs some support in transportation, so we propose that the Wuyang Elevated Freeway be extended south. Taoyuan International Airport is the gateway to Taiwan. We hope that when business representatives visit, they can spend the least amount of time possible in transit. That way they can use their time to visit local businesses, make procurement deals, or go sightseeing. More than three months ago, we put forward the proposal of establishing a semiconductor institute. That, in the 1200 NT joint travel pass, has been very well received in the capital. Zheng says that the 1,200 NT travel pass proposal, which already includes Taipei, New Taipei, Jilong and Taoyuan, could be further expanded to also cover Xinzhu City, Xinzhu County and Miaoli. Shen, meanwhile, says transport infrastructure should be improved. Xu says that establishing a science and tech hub in the area would prevent young people in Miaoli from migrating to bigger urban areas. Over the past eight years, we have lost 24,000 people. With no industry, there are no jobs. And with no jobs, our young people move away to northern, southern and central Taiwan. We hope to establish a common transportation network covering Taoyuan, Xinju City, Xinju County and Miaoli, using the railway and road connections already in place. Zhou also brought up proposals for education and transport, in hopes of boosting the economy as demographics change. The four candidates say they'll do all they can to bring prosperity together to the four administrative regions. It's down to the wire for local elections, and one recent poll shows the DPP in the lead for the capital. Second in the poll is KMT candidate Jiang Wanan, who says he'll double down on campaign efforts. Meanwhile, independent rival Huang Shanshan was in third place, saying support for her is evident on the streets. DPP Taipei mayoral candidate Chen Shizhong is calling on support from academics both at home and abroad, asking them to speak up in support of his campaign. Chen Shizhong and his team kept Taiwan COVID-free for a record 200 days during the pandemic. That really amazed the world. I think the key to Taiwan's successes during the pandemic was trust. While the whole world was in panic, only in Taiwan was it life as usual. I'd like to thank Chen Shizhong once again. Seeing the outpouring of support from academia, including from researchers who returned home from abroad, Chen felt moved to comment. <laughs> 
Elections only last a short time, but the country will be here forever. We can't allow the elections to be a time for people to express hatred, to destroy trust, and to smear others. If we engage in the same behavior in response, Taiwan will be torn apart. According to a poll by Liberty Times, Chen is currently in the lead in the polls, with a support rating of 34.8%. KMT mayoral candidate Jiang Wan An came in second in the survey with 28.71%, with independent candidate Huang Shanshan following closely behind Jiang. We are definitely very happy to be in the lead and to have everyone's support. We will work hard until the very last minute. We'll double up our efforts and canvas everywhere. Head out on the street and see how people respond to you. I think candidates know whether people are friendly toward them. With local elections barely more than a week away, candidates are making a last-ditch effort to garner public support. One poll shows the DPP in the lead for Taipei, but until ballots are counted, it's anyone's best guess. President Tsai Ing-wen on Monday received a delegation from the U.S.-based Center for American Progress at the presidential office. During their visit, she thanked the Biden administration for its support for Taiwan. She added that Taiwan could continue to deepen its relationship with the U.S. through communication mechanisms. Let's hear from Tsai now. Taiwan and Taiwan and the U.S. have long been firm partners that share the values of freedom and democracy. We thank the Biden administration for approving six military sales to Taiwan and for conducting freedom of navigation operations in the Taiwan Strait. As Taiwan stands on the front line of the defense against authoritarian expansion, we will continue to strengthen our national defense capabilities and resolutely uphold regional peace and stability. Tsai added that COVID and Russia's invasion of Ukraine have brought challenges that have prompted democracies to build more secure supply chains, including Taiwan and the U.S. She added that the two countries would hold further talks in the future to promote cooperation in trade.